0: We need to really talk about these in our teams and our workspaces. And when I, I'm research, my research now is about organizations that are introvert friendly. And one of the characteristics I'm finding is that it's out in the open, just like any other element of diversity we have to talk about. It. And when we do, it it becomes not a really big deal.
1: Welcome to Matt is This, the podcast by Project Managers for Project Managers. Every couple of weeks, we meet in an effort to get to the heart of what matters to you as a professional project manager. And the way we do that is by getting inside the brains of the best in the business, people who specialize in helping others either get started or rise to the next level. I'm your host, Nick Walker, and with me are two guys who are leaders in this effort, Andy Crow and Bill Yates. And today, Andy, we're going to examine what role introverts play in the field of project management.
2: This is a topic that we've discussed a lot around the office. A lot of people have been reading a book circulating around, and <laughs> we're
1: excited to have the author here today. Well, let's meet her. Jennifer Conweiler is known as the champion for introverts. She's a PhD, certified speaking professional, and an author and global speaker. Her best-selling books, The Introverted Leader, Quiet Influence, and The Genius of Opposites, have been translated into 16 languages. Jennifer has consulted with hundreds of organizations, including Freddie Mac, TEDx, GE, NASA, and the CDC. She has conducted leadership programs from Singapore to Spain. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Time Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal. Jennifer serves on several boards and is a mentor to many professional women. Dr. Kahnweiler, thanks so much for being with us here on Matters This.
0: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure, Nick. Thank you. Now, I'd like to get
1: things started with a quotation from your blog. You say, The most effective leaders are not prone to project their ideas onto the team, but listen first to what ideas emerge. The best leaders also engage with people and are truly present with them, gaining their trust and respect. Is that your description of the introverted leader?
0: I think that's a good start in thinking about what an introverted leader uh, does so well. And they are present. And when you ask people, Nick, who was your best manager, whether project manager or other type, oftentimes they will describe somebody with those exact qualities that you read. And that's what really intrigued me about looking at further research about really what makes those people tick.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about the differences between the introverted leader and the extroverted leader. What are some of the traits we'd find in each?
0: Well, I think it's very similar to when we think about extroverts and introverts. Extroverts get their energy from other people, from the world outside, from the stimuli going on around them. Introverts on the other hand are reflective and get their energy from the source within. And I, over the years in studying this, I've got collected so much anecdotal data and I think the simplest way to think about it and consider whether or not you're an introvert or extrovert aside from taking assessments is to think about the question, how much do I need quiet time? Hmm. How much time do I need how, mu- how badly do I need breaks? Mm. And if you ask an introvert that, they will tell you, absolutely, I do. It's a must-have. Uh, for me to function, for me to recharge, for me to decompress, I must have that. Now, an extrovert, you ask them that question, they go, yeah, it's kind of nice, but it's not <laughs> absolutely. It's a nice-to-have versus a must-have. And that tends to really help you kind of just figure out where you might be on the spectrum.
2: We need a sort of a Je- Jeff Foxworthy. You might be an introvert if yeah, if I love be that. Kind of fun. You know, I had uh, an employee for many years, and he played a key role here at Velocity in helping us build this organization. But he was the consummate extrovert, and I'm very solidly an introvert. By no means off the scale or anything like that, but solidly in the in the realm of introversion. And so I've got a home in the mountains. I go there to write on the weekends. I go there sometimes during the week to escape and just sit down and put uh, uh, thoughts on paper. To him, that was the biggest torture just the very sound of escaping from everybody mm-hmm. and uh, he used to look at me and think how in the world can you be productive like that without being around other people right That's funny.
0: right and it is funny and and uh, I think it's really interesting to look at the growth of your company Andy and to see that many successful enterprises and projects happen because you do pair those opposites like as Paula ab- Abdul said opposites attract (laughs) the key is keeping that you know sustaining that and part of that is understanding these styles
2: Bill and I are um, a good bit apart on that spectrum as well Bill you would rate yourself primarily as
3: yeah extrovert when I take a Myers-Briggs or some other person personality profile that extrovert comes out over and over and over
0: how so, do you think, well, I'm turning the tables on yeah, you guys, yeah. but how do you think that's benefited uh, Velocity as an organization?
2: I think our leadership styles are very different in general. Um, and so we've been able to find a good pairing, you know, the Wonder Twin Powers Activate type uh, <laughs> type thing when we, when we fist bump. Um, that particular one is interesting because my role requires me to be out in the community a lot. And so I can do it and i can go out and i can network and i can uh um serve in various capacities but then i joke that i have to get in the fetal position afterward and it's <laughs> it's really just to recharge i would far rather spend my time with a book um you know just recharging reflecting getting back up to energy but i think i think he and i and and speaking for both of us i think bill and i both found we have really different leadership styles and we've been able to uh, to match those up well Mm-hmm. Bill, what would that. you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think
3: speaking from the perspective of an extrovert, understanding the differences and not taking it personally. You know, let's say Andy and I have a meeting or let's say we record a podcast. Then it's likely that Andy's going to want to have some alone time, right? You know, he mm-hmm. wants to go recharge, whether it's at mm-hmm. the cabin or in a Starbucks with the headphones on, whatever it may be. And for people like that are wired as extroverts, Not to be offended by that or take it personally or have your feelings hurt. Oh, you know, why doesn't he want to take everybody with him up to the cabin and have a big party, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, one of the elements
0: that I identified in The Genius of Opposites, where I looked at these these partnerships that endured in every type of field, was the fact that they accepted, I called it accepting the alien. Yes. So, you know, it's like with your relationship personally. You realize after a certain amount of time, it's futile to try to change that person. <laughs> right. you know? I've been married 45 years and I'm here to attest that I have not changed my husband one iota. Well, maybe a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, when we realize that we're in for a lot less stress and then we start to recognize the talents and qualities of that person and we can have real conversations when we differ.
3: That's true. Jennifer, I was excited about one of the quotes that I came across in your book, having you in here so I could kind of tee it up because uh-huh. you've just, you've just let us right into it. Introverts have a certain superpower. They have many superpowers. Yes. But one of your quotes in Quiet Influence is introverts can be highly effective influencers when they stop trying to act like extroverts and instead make the most of their natural quiet strengths.
0: Yes, absolutely. So talk a bit
3: more of what are some of these strengths, these superpowers?
0: Yeah. So there are a number of of quiet strengths, but just a couple of them that I'll share a listening preparation. Hmm. We mentioned taking quiet time, our writing, uh, staying calm in the midst of what could be chaos.
2: Um, That resonates with me, especially the writing. Uh, That is where I'm a lot of times most effective. It gives me time to organize my thoughts, et cetera. What what do you think, Bill? And this may not resonate with you at all. Yeah, well, I'm a very... I'm very in tuned
3: to my introvert friends. Uh (laughs) The one that I made note of when I was reading through the content that you'd written about this was you said quiet influencers know what they're talking about. You said they do their preparation, they do their homework. And I I could really relate to that. There are are times from a project perspective when I've had members on the team that I knew they were going to own something. Now, they weren't necessarily the loud person in the room, but when I needed to call on them to explain something to a customer, they'd done their homework. They knew it cold.
0: Well, you're, an aware, uh, you're an aware extroverted leader, <clears throat> excuse me, a project leader, because the problem that comes is even though introverts are very prepared, many times the leader, if they don't hear from them, will go to the squeaky wheel. And that's why we look at brainstorming as not a very productive tool, mm-hmm. the traditional brainstorming for introverts, because they like time to think. So as an astute leader you're an example bill i think of a project manager who understands the value of knowing these different personality styles and how to best leverage them within the context of your meetings and your projects otherwise you look you're just really ignoring 50% of the input
2: you know i think back to earlier in my career and i was often very daunted by the extroverted leader with the enormous personality who commanded all of the attention and took up all of the oxygen in the room. What would you say to somebody who's at a point in their career where maybe they just feel kind of mowed down by somebody mm. who is more extroverted or who does have that bigger personality? What do you What do you do there?
0: Well, if they're if you're in a work situation with somebody like that, know that uh, you don't have to become that. I think people get very discouraged, like you're saying, Andy, over time, thinking particularly if you're working in an organization where that's accepted or that's promoted. There was one company I worked in recently. I was very dismayed to hear in my pre-interviews before the speech that they were endorsing a style called loudership.
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) loudership. And that,
0: that refers to what you're saying. So what would my advice be to that person? I'd say look for people who are not like that, people you can connect with within your organization and they're there. Uh, and it's going to take a little work on your part perhaps to seek out internal mentors, external mentors, connect with your professional association. I'm really big on that. And fortunately PMI and has a great support network in addition to learning tools.
1: Let me ask you something, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. It seems that there are times probably that uh, the introverted leader needs to maybe even take on some of the um, characteristics of the extroverted leader. Yes. You know, I, I know people I work with in television, a lot of them are introverts, and they say, I'm an introvert, but I play an extrovert on television. <laughs> yes. Is,
0: are, is there some situations where you uh, the introvert needs to play the extrovert? Absolutely. I think what introverts will say to me is if they're clear about what the role they're playing is, then it's fine. It's like a comedian. Most comedians that we go and see are actually introverted. Right. And I, This came, uh, came to me one time when I c- finished a show and we walked over to the back to talk to the comedian. We realized that he barely wanted to even speak and I mm-hmm. On stage, he was – so it kind of came to me and said, you know, I said, what's going on? And when I started interviewing introverts, they told me when they're playing a role, it really works if you know what the role is. Now, the challenge, Nick, becomes if you're overplaying the role. Hmm. you know, Uh, If you're constantly having to step into the role of an extrovert and you're never able to be your authentic self, I'll ask Andy this too, it's exhausting. And over time, (laughs) that stresses you out and you can burn out.
2: You just hit the key to me. It's, I mean, to some degree, leading, there are elements of leading that there are extroverted components to that. You have to engage people. You have to be with people. You can't do it completely through email in a dark room with the the shades drawn, which, I mean, that's that's not appealing to most people anyway. But- Uh, you have to be able to do it authentically. And you have to figure out how can I engage authentically? Where do I have resources and energy to give? And where do I not? And if you try and fake it and try and be somebody else or try and act like somebody else, it's going to come across as disingenuous and it's going to be exhausting.
0: Well, one thing I'll tell you that's that's helped many introverted leaders is to be authentic about who they are. And that's That's what I'm finding gratifying now about something, what I'm calling the rise of the introverts. You know, 10 years ago, I'd be called by a reporter and they would say, you know, tell me about, can you give me a name of an introverted leader? Mm -hmm. And I would. I'd give them a couple people I thought were introverts and they would refuse to talk to the journalist. There is such still a stigma about this. There is. So we uh, we need to really talk about these in our teams and our workspaces. And when I am research, my research now is about organizations that are introvert friendly. And one of the characteristics I'm finding is that it's out in the open, just like any other element of diversity, we have to talk about. And when we do, it it becomes not a really big deal. So you can, Andy, you can own the fact that you need time alone.
2: Well, you know, we have here, and this is somewhat in uh, reflective of of my own leadership style and somewhat my own introversion we have a non-meeting culture at velocity and the way we describe it from the moment somebody comes in an orientation is you're empowered you're empowered to make decisions you don't have to have everything doesn't have to be collaborative you don't have to have people agree with you and support you on every decision you can. I
0: love it. Well, (laughs) I want to work here. It sounds
2: great. And it is great for some of us. Some people struggle in that because they really need the energy of others and the ideas of others. And so we have to balance. We really have to be careful with Mm -hmm.
0: that. Mm -hmm. That's true. Well, I must say I've experienced that from being involved in some of the development of the courses and it's on the receiving end. I will say that uh, it is very, very beneficial. So thank you for that.
3: Jennifer, you had a friend, CJ, who mm-hmm. was a project manager. Yes. And she was an introvert and recognized. Because of her leadership style and her preferences and how she was wired, she had to make adjustments in how she related to the team. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really insightful. Would you mind just sharing a bit about that?
0: Well, I think you're referring to CJ realized that she needed to really be present for her team. She also needed to uh, have be, be connected with her blind spots and know when uh, she was pre- pretty being myopic and not really looking at what she wasn't doing well, and she really inspired me to look further at this related to project management. Because I think project managers, uh, I know it's changing some, oftentimes come from the technical world, and they're not necessarily uh, trained to to have that awareness. And she made special efforts as a uh, a technical person to learn how to be more aware of the environment and especially the people.
2: Mm.
3: And she, in her case, she liked being working behind the scenes.
0: Yes, right, yes. not
3: being the person speaking out in the meeting or sharing the big idea, et cetera. But she felt like, okay, as the leader of this team, I need to step beyond that. I, they're looking for me to yes. step up in cases. Not, again, I want to be authentic to who I am. Mm-hmm. Yet I need to stretch a bit in this area. Absolutely, How do you find that balance.
0: How do, we, how do you find the balance? Yeah, to, how does CJ to,
3: find that balance? Well,
0: again, it goes back to her knowing herself and being able to balance her energy output. Mm-hmm. You know, she really did. She knew how to be alone and also engage. And it was, you know, she constantly walked that that balance, but it was a very, very successful project manager. And I see that with other project managers I meet every week um, I think it's of such a fascinating role to me as somebody who studies human behavior uh, to know that you, know, you, you get your work done through other people. And I think that is the most challenging but also the most rewarding when you can bring out the best on your team. And having these tools of introversion and extroversion as one element of the many tools that you have, uh, I have been told is a real asset for project managers. And I agree with that.
2: I have a question for you, Jennifer, as we talk this through. Some people may not be clear. Uh, on where they fall on the spectrum, and a lot of people like to say, "Well, I'm I'm sort of halfway in between. I need both." But mm-hmm. what assessments do you like? What assessments are you drawn to professionally mm-hmm. that you feel like would give people at least some insight into their own style?
0: Well, I think the one that most people are familiar with, Andy, is the Myers Briggs, and and I uh, that's the one that changed my life. Uh, you know, back mm-hmm. in uh, many years ago. So, what I'm, are your letters? So MBTI. So I'll let you guess. Uh,
2: no, no, no. no. Ah. I always,
0: I always have people guess. Nick, you
2: want to guess? It?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nick doesn't know what we're talking about. Nick, we need to give I'll you I'll go one. first.
2: I'm an INTJ.
0: Oh, okay. I'm married to an INTJ. And, That's why I'll figure and Bill, you out, Andy. <laughs> ENTJ. Bill's ENTJ.
2: An ENTJ. Okay. So we've got the NTJ covered here. Okay. Well, we're all
0: the same on the N. We have no Fs in the room then, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. ENFP. Okay. Which okay. makes sense is coming up as a counselor and a coach, you know, to be right. a helper kind right. of thing. So very good. So I can see where you guys all connect. So it's kind of a fun (laughs) game to figure that out. Now, that's not to say we want to typecast people either, but
2: it's just an insightful thing. And I I took the Myers-Briggs, I took the DISC assessment, I took a couple of others, I can't remember what their names were, and all of them, and these were, I was much younger when I was doing this, but they kept coming back and saying, uh, you're an I, you're an introvert. And I didn't want to be an introvert. I really didn't. I, I wanted the, to be that right. big personality. And, right. and that's just not my natural.
0: Andy, thing. you're bringing up a really good point, uh, because it goes back even before taking the Myers-Briggs. And and I this is one of the reasons I feel so passionate about this topic and helping uh, to empower introverts. Because many introverts... And tell me if this happened to you. We're we're given that message from family, from school, from the culture, and it's still happening, that it's not okay, you Mm -hmm. know, if you're the quiet one in class, or you don't want to be involved in all these activities, you just maybe want to pick one. Uh, Because parents, I don't blame them, they just don't know, you know, teachers young people get a real negative uh, self-concept of what it means to be an introvert and, and it's not okay and so they grow up with the label shy right. mm. which and is those not, are the not, same. not the same they're same. not the same no. thing exactly it's more about ang- you know shy is about anxiety <laughs> right and mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. so but they take that little child with them into, the workplace mm. um, until they start to learn about this. And it's a process of kind of unraveling. So you see, it's, it's so incredible. So when you talk to people about being introverted and they f- hear about it for the first time, you can literally see them sit up in their chairs, which I'm doing right now, kind of, mm-hmm. and just having a straighter posture mm. and start to say, you know what, this is okay. In fact, it's a good thing. You know, when yeah. they hear about the famous people in the world who you know all over in every type of profession, uh, who are introverted and they start to say, well I'm not alone. So I think the, the young messages we get, we have to really question those and, uh, and we're in a new age right now.
2: Early in my career, I was a coder and uh, I was a C++ developer for about 15 years at mm-hmm. the early part of my career. I was happiest when someone would give me a challenging problem and I could. Zone in, lock in on that, work on that, and just crunch away and solve that problem and kind of be left alone and come out with a solution at the end. And it was a lot of fun, you know. And then as I became a PM, that became a lot more challenging because those same skills didn't translate well, because I needed to engage people, and I didn't always want to engage people. Sometimes I, I got frustrated with them. They weren't as reliable as computers. <laughs> no, you're right about that, Andy.
0: You're right about that. They get sick, they need time off. And, you know, they want you to complain. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard the expression, managing would be great if it weren't for the people. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, be a great gig if it Nick weren't likes for the- Nick yeah. yeah.
1: I'd like to talk to the extroverts for just a second. Um, is it important for the extroverted leader to be able to to sense who the introverted people are on their team and and if so how do they Bring out the best in those folks.
0: So uh, first of all, be aware and stop and listen. I think the pause, uh, as my colleague Patricia Fripp said, is not a moment of of nothing. It's a time to connect intellectually, emotionally. Extroverts need to pause. Um, And so when they do that and when they're aware, when they understand what an introvert needs, like time to prepare before the meeting, uh, like space to not be interrupted. Mm. So when they're finishing their thought, let them finish. Uh, to not always be stopping into their work area and asking them what they think about something, you know, mm-hmm. but to write them an email and cater to their preference for uh, debriefing maybe through the written word. When they understand those things, introverts are so grateful and you will see the output increase. And by the way, when these changes are put in place, you will also hear, as 1 p.m. told me, when I sto- stopped in the meeting to let the does settle, let people go out and think about it before we made the decision, not only did the introverts benefit, but the whole team, the extroverts mm-hmm. have more time and I get more rich quality in my responses and in our decisions. So I think we need to remember that by catering to the introverts, we're, we're not only helping them, we're also helping the whole team. And I'll add one other thing that we help one other person we help, and that's the extrovert.
3: You got a lot of points on this in your book. There's there's so much depth there. So I appreciate you bringing some of these highlights in. One of the things I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't get into is you offer advice to the introverts,
1: mm-hmm. whether
3: they're in a leadership role or they're a participant, they're they're a team member, mm-hmm. and you talk about a four P process. Oh, right. And you right, apply okay. that to different mm-hmm. scenarios, whether it be a meeting or right. you know a, a client engagement or a presentation, etc. What are the four P's?
0: The four P's. Uh, Bill, are based on what introverted leaders tell me time and time again they do to be successful without changing themselves. They prepare, they have presence, they push themselves and they practice. And they do that with all of these various scenarios that they're challenged with.
2: Prepare makes sense. I think that will resonate with people. What does presence mean in this case?
0: It's Angie, it's like we were talking before. It's being present. It's being in the moment. It's knowing that you've done what you could to prepare. You're not going to project what the outcomes are going to be, but you're going to be right there. So let's say you're running a meeting and you have an agenda, but things get off track. But you realize, you know what, we do need to go off track for this moment. You're not so wedded to your preparation that you're not going to go to where the group is. So you're able to flex because you're prepared. And that's what great actors do. Mm. Every audience is different. So they change it up a little bit. And uh, that's what great PMs and introverted leaders do.
3: What about push, that third one?
0: Push is to stretch yourself. It's the proverbial step out of your comfort zone. It's about... Pushing just enough, but not too much. You know, Mm -hmm. finding that sweet spot where you're you're challenging yourself every day to go a little further with a skill, with an approach, with a a quality in your personality. Uh, But the self-aware leaders do that. I found people when I interviewed CEOs, that's what they do.
3: So back to CJ, the example we had earlier, the project manager, she pushed herself out of her comfort zone to recognize the need of her team. And adapted to that.
0: And then that leads to practice, because with your practice, you're getting better. It's a muscle that's getting stronger. So when you have a feedback to Andy, when people say, as we did before, "Uh, I didn't know you were an introverted leader, because Andy has practiced i don 't want to speak for you right but it's it's doing looks, a good job so I'm, I'm kind of used to that but um but it becomes natural the example of Andy and his uh his the way he said that people don 't necessarily know that he 's an introverted leader or a surprise it 's because he 's practiced. And my assumption is, and you've been practiced, so it becomes more natural. to Well, you. you
2: know, I've had to, I've had to give a lot of talks, for instance, at chapter meetings for project management. I do that a lot. I'm comfortable doing it, um, and a lot of times, the more exhausting part is afterward, and people mm. want to come up and engage, and they want to talk, and that can be a lot more tiring than giving the talk itself. Is now, you know, I'm in another city, staying at a. Uh, You know, hotel for the night, and I got to stay here for an hour. And I I really have to push past that on my own. That's for me, that's pushing because um, I need to see the good in that. I need to work not to. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's um, tremendous. It doesn't have to be completely exhausting. You know, it shouldn't be.
0: <laughs> you, you just need to learn your own balance with that, right. like what works for me, and to, and to design your travel and your your surroundings so that that works for you. But I got to tell you, Andy, you are making the biggest impact in those one-on-ones, and particularly for your introverted brothers and sisters.
2: So what I do to prepare, this is just a fun tip, uh-huh. Um I will put on John Coltrane's album, A Love Supreme. I put on headphones for about an hour before I get up to speak, and I sit completely by myself. And I'll go over my slides and think through transitions or think through, you know, Mm -hmm. how I'm going to manage certain elements of it, especially if I haven't given it in a little while. Uh, But that recharges me.
0: Uh, You're doing a a ritual. You're using a ritual. And that, for our listeners out there, can be very helpful to calm you down before giving presentations. So kudos to you.
3: Jennifer, I have a follow-up question I wanted to ask you. Earlier on, you talked about brainstorming, how Mm -hmm. if I'm an extroverted leader of a project team brainstorming is going to work for some folks on my team, but I'm going to miss some valuable input from the introverts. What should I do instead? Just a, what's a quick, okay, if brainstorming is not right for my team. What should I do instead?
0: So I recommend that teams consider using brain writing, Bill, which is basically writing down ideas before they're spoken in the meeting. And you sh- this is a good practice to follow whenever you're throwing a question to a group is to give everybody a chance to write down their thoughts before speaking. And you will find it is incredible, and people will even notice, that the difference in the depth and the quality of the conversation and moving the problem along faster, or the solution, I should say, along faster.
3: I've got a quick comment on that. The first time I heard of uh, brain writing was from an introvert. A good friend of mine who's an introvert. Not there you Andy, go. But mm-hmm. he's the first one that brought that to my attention. Didn't even think about that being a more useful tool for him. Makes sense.
0: Excellent. And I encourage people like your friends to share their ideas because extroverts really don't know. We're going so fast sometimes that we just don't realize that we need to do that. So put the brakes on. Do the, I'm using a stop sign right now and say, you know, you guys, let's try this. You I, can be, You could be what I call a meeting SME, S- subject matter expert in meetings. You mm-hmm. can add suggestions that are introvert friendly and you will see a whole shift in the results of your meetings.
2: I think it's easy for leaders to fall into the trap of thinking the biggest personality with the most passion might have the best ideas. And that's just not the case. Not all the time.
1: Jennifer, you've talked a lot about the need sometimes to switch back and forth uh, between the uh, introvert role, the extrovert role, uh, while still being true to yourself. In one of your books, you use the word ambivert. Yes. Is that... What we're talking about, or is there there's something else to this?
0: Well, that is something else. There's some new research that's come out about successful salespeople in the last few years, and that term has been uh, attributed to them by uh, researchers like Adam Grant, Adam Grant at the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, as well as Daniel Pink, who many folks out there probably sure. have read. And they amplified it in a book called To Sell is Human. And what they did was analyze successful salespeople and said that you need both qualities. So you need introverts and extroverts to, to work. So people, some people say I'm right in the middle, let's say, on the Myers-Briggs. So it could be they're ambiverts. Um, if it's useful for you to think that way, I say fine. Here's my response to people when they are agonizing over am I or am I not an introvert or extrovert. You know What I tell them, Nick, is look at what behaviors are working for you. Look at where you have an opportunity to develop and work on those. And don't get caught up in the am I or am I not. Sometimes you're going to use more extroverted behavior. Sometimes you use more introverted. It's about awareness and knowing when to use each one.
1: And for those of us who do want the conversation to go on, uh, how can we get in touch with you?
0: I'd love to continue the conversation, Nick. My website's probably the the best place to reach me and uh, that's jennifer conweiler that's j e n n i f e r k a h n w e i l e r.com i'm sure it'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, reach out to me there, you know, get on on the, our monthly newsletter with lots of tips and we have three quizzes on there too that are free where you can check out more about your introverted leadership style as a pm.
1: I got to check that out.
0: <laughs> Definitely.
1: I tell you what, this has been a fascinating talk. And I wish we could go on more. Uh, the extrovert in me, uh, you know, wants, wants to, (laughs) you like to to talk it out. You
0: like to talk it out.
1: (laughs) Andy's ready to get I'm so done. Andy (laughs) needs a nap. (laughs) Well, Well, Jennifer, before we go, we have a gift for you. This, uh, Manage this coffee mug sitting oh, uh, right it. in front of you. You can take that with you. It works equally well for a, an introvert as well as an So <laughs> Studies have shown. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And Andy and Bill, as always, thanks for your input, your expertise, good stuff. And now a word just to our listeners. Actually, a thank you. We appreciate the effort you've made to tell us what exactly you'd like to hear on Manage This. And for those who haven't taken the opportunity to do that yet, Please send us your questions and what sort of guests you'd like to hear from. Just go to the Velociteach Facebook page and use the comments section. And we have something to give you. If you're looking for ways to collect PDUs, Professional Development Units, toward your recertifications, we want you to know that you just earned some by listening to this podcast. To claim your free PDUs, go to Velociteach.com and choose Manage This Podcast from the top of the page. Click the button that says Claim PDUs and click through the steps. Well, that's it for us here on Manage This. We hope you'll tune back in on December 18th for our next podcast. In the meantime, you can visit us at Velociteach.com slash Manage This to subscribe to this podcast, to see a transcript of the show, or to contact us and tweet us at manage underscore this if you have any questions about our podcasts or about project management certifications. We're here for you. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep calm and manage this.